You are listening to the National Arts Centre's Dance Podcast. In this fourth of four podcasts with Karen Kane, the NAC's Kathy Levy and Gerald Morris talk to former prima ballerina Kane about The Sleeping Beauty, the role of personal interpretation in performing the classics, the arc of Kane's career, alternate career choices, her relationship with the National Arts Centre, and her favourite roles. Do you like the whole role of restaging and have you, have you thought about choreographing or going down that road of putting the dances on stage from start to finish? Well, I don't think I'm a choreographer. I think if, you know, I think it's a very special talent and few people have it and if I had it, I would know by now. <laughs> <laughs> but restaging is different. You know, restaging is using all your accumulated knowledge and um, point of view and opinions about how something is put back together. And when I did Sleeping Beauty, I had Rudolph in my ear all the time. I could hear everything he said about every step. I didn't necessarily follow every single direction the way he wanted because I think the way the ballet was danced in the 70s is not the way I, exactly how I wanted to see it danced now. I didn't change a single step, but the approach was not as academic as he would have. But I, I don't think it would have served the production, and I, it certainly wouldn't serve the way I think people should dance now. And I think I served him, though. I think I, the production represented him. So I was very happy the way that that came about. Um, I have some dreams of restaging some other works that I love in the future. I, I Possibly, if we can get the money together to do, uh, I would like to do some other things, but... For now, you know, I was just, I mean, that was my first attempt to do anything. And it was huge. I mean, beauty is huge. I, and I studied, I studied videotapes from 72 on. And I studied the Paris Opera version, which he did later. And I took some of the changes that he had made in the Paris Opera. Um, and and he, every time he came back, he made a few changes. But I tried f- using my own opinion, which is all I have at this point, to pick the things that I thought looked best now in this era on our dancers and um it worked pretty well and sleeping beauty was the first production at the four seasons center wasn't it it was um yes it was and it it helped us open that place with a real sense of occasion and um i was very happy with the response and yeah and people seemed to rediscover it they they thought it was just kind of old and dreary and dead and and in truth we had, before that 10-year gap where we never did it, we had revived it occasionally, and we had done it quickly, without enough attention to detail, without enough rehearsal, and it had looked bad. And I had been very upset when I had seen it looking sloppy and thrown together and under-rehearsed, and I was determined that that wasn't going to happen again, not, not for Rudolph and not for the National Ballet of Canada. Um, and sometimes it's a bit torturous to rehearse things till they look really good, but it's necessary. <laughs> Can you explain what you mean when you say it was? It's an it's an academic style. I don't know what that means. Well, it's classical ballet at its most. Um, you know, it's more like classwork. You know, where your your technique, where you're working on really straightforward technical things. It'd be it'd be for, for a singer. Maybe it'd be like you have to hit 
you have to hit that perfect note and you have to hold it for you can't just kind of go through it and fix it you know often in contemporary work you can if something doesn't work you just make it into something else mm -hmm. it's all very spontaneous and it in in a real classical ballet it is absolutely it has to be a certain way and you have to you have to do it that way you cannot um smush it you cannot turn it into something else that the audience won't know you made a mistake only the people who know the choreography will know you made a mistake um it is just uh, as we say naked mm -hmm. um and, so. it, and is sleeping beauty the most extreme example yes. of that in the repertoire yeah even swan lake you can cover up a lot by characterization by the flapping of the wings by the you know it's still very very difficult but it is not as demanding technically as sleeping beauty is that's but you still, you you still. I mean, you know, think back to your your time doing Sleeping Beauty. You still, your personality, your imagination, your artistry was still there. Uh, we didn't watch you dance and say, "Oh, there's a chasse par bourré." We watched, "There's Odette and there's Odile." You know, so well, so yeah, that, that has to be layered on top, I imagine. Well, that's the artistry of it. You're not allowed to show that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and Aurora, even though she has to balance on one foot, and, and if she doesn't, if she wobbles it, it shows she still has to be that young woman at her birthday party who mm -hmm. is greeting her suitors. Mm -hmm. And we'll forgive, we'll forgive a few wobbles. Yes, you I gave a Swan Lake reference. I apologize. No, I that's was, okay. I was into <laughs> but Swan Lake, I mean, you know, everybody struggles through those 32 fuetes, but there mm -hmm. you, you really have to. And, mo and, you know, I couldn't do them for the first Eight years of my career, I couldn't hmm. do them. But there, you have to try, you know. And in beauty, you have to try to stand on one leg for a certain right. amount of music and still don't look like this is the worst torture in the world. And and you know, fuetes are torture too, and not for everybody. Some people have them naturally. Most people don't, and I certainly didn't. Um, you know, the, the famous story about Lynn Seymour. <laughs> she couldn't do. She was wonderful in Swan Lake, but it was all about her characterization. But you can't change the fuetes. They're an acquired element, you know, or, or required it's element. It's a barometer that the dancer gets measured yeah. against. Yeah. So she started the fuetes and she started moving around the stage and then she just lost it and she went to the back and hung onto a pillar and just stood there. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> for the rest of the music, she was and she, tapping her foot, like really, really irritated with herself and the situation and just, you know, gave up and went and to hold on to the pillar and tap her foot. Uh, we've all wanted to do that on occasion. <laughs> but in beauty, the required elements just are all the way through it. it. The stamina required, there's a lot of jumping and that first act is like a running a marathon and it, it's three acts of very hard dancing. Um, yeah, I think that you... There are things you can kind of cover in Swan Lake with characterization um, that you, but beauty, you can't. You have to have the beautiful line, you have to have the perfect turns, you have to have the beautiful arabesque, and you have to be this personality that we care about. And it, it's, it's a real tough one. Yeah. Do you do you watch? I was thinking about this last night when we saw Romeo and Juliet, and uh, knowing we were going to speak today, I was wondering, when you see those roles, can you still feel what it was like to dance them? inside yourself yes and you know um yeah i i do and i when i'm trying to help them with moments so sometimes i see a moment i don't think really works and i'm i have to recall you know um how it feels to be there and you the thing you recall is the um is the light and uh 
the way it felt in the lighting and the way um, the music was affecting you, tempo-wise or whatever, and um, how tired you are at that point, because that affects how you respond to things. And um, there's just, you know, so many different elements that go into it. Um, yeah, yeah, I do remember. I, uh, it doesn't mean people always think that when when someone like myself or Veronica are watching a show that we're wishing we were still doing it. I'm not wishing I'm, I could still do it. I have no delusions that I could do any of that now. Um, but I still, if I want to, can recall exactly all the... Um, they're not intellectual things. They're, they're um, the physical sensations of being in that moment and turning yourself over to that story and that music um, that I can recall vividly. Um, but... The thing that's really interesting for me now, all these years watching and watching these roles I did so many times, is to see how many different ways there are to make it work, depending on how everybody interprets it and feels it. And just because what I thought worked in a moment and is what I always hung on to, and it did work for me, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to work for another dancer. So you have to let go of your own... Uh, ideas that, of course, were very strongly formed because they worked for you and they came about after years of doing it and believing in the role. Um, and then I'll see a young dancer take a whole different approach and I'll go, wow, that really, that works. That works for her because it's authentic and true and she believes it and it's, n I wouldn't have never approached it like that, but it works. And then you just leave that alone because I really want them all to be very individual and interesting while respecting the choreography and the intent of the choreographer. But, um, yeah. And I, I think that's mm -hmm. what's great about what's happened to classical ballet and why I still love it. And it is because, I think, of that personal interpretation that the the structure is there. Of course, the technique, as you know, very intimately is there. But it really is about who is that Juliet? Who is that Aurora? Mm -hmm. Who is that Giselle? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's what's so fantastic about it. So when you go to see a particular company or a particular ballerina do that role, it really is like seeing a whole other ballet, even though if you know what the story is. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And that's how I can sit out there night after night after night and watch cast after cast. And even from night to night, how they feel, you know, and how, how what they bring to it. And when people say to me, oh, I've seen Swan Lake. And I go, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. You know, like I've seen thousands of Swan Lakes and I don't feel like I've seen, you know, mm -hmm. I could see it over and over, different versions, different interpretations. And it, it's endlessly fascinating. Absolutely. You know? uh, so, I think that's why these classical ballets are like like operas. They've been around for hundreds of years for a reason, <laughs> and it's why you can keep going back and seeing the same story. You're not there for the narrative, but every production you see is completely different. Yeah. Every leading dancer that you see is going to give a different interpretation. keeps it new and fresh every yeah. time. And you're always waiting for that night when something happens. It's not often where it goes beyond the really, really good to the incredible like just something happens and nobody can recreate it or create it when they want it just the orchestra is perfect the conductor is perfect the lighting is perfect the performers go to a place that they bring it to life in a way that that everyone holds their breath for the whole thing you know in a good way uh, you know in in my career 
there were like four or five times that I felt that happened in all those years of dancing, 27 years of dancing, four or five times where I felt this is the best this could ever be for me in this role at this time with everything around me and everyone I'm working with. And, and who knows why it all happened here tonight. You know, you don't. You, you wish for that. Every time you walk out on stage, you wish for those special nights when it's beyond what you can imagine. And it feels like you can't go wrong. Every step you do, it's not a struggle. It's not you're not tired. Um, you're totally in sync with the music and your partner and everything. And you believe every second of what, you know, it's, it's very special. I wait for those nights. Mm-hmm. They're so rare. So I had a few I experienced myself. I've witnessed a few, but it's very rare. It's sublime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you alluded to this before about stopping dancing and knowing that that was the right thing to do, you moved mm-hmm. from classical ballet to some more contemporary roles, the special evening that you did of the actress, and then the transition to working at the company, and now, of course, as the artistic director of the National Ballet of Canada. What, what it, was that a struggle, or were you really ready to make that transition at the time? Was it really all, mm-hmm. all indications were that that's what you wanted to do? Um, you mean giving dancing up? Yeah, the transition. Yeah, the tra- well, it's a bunch of transitions. Yes, several. You know, um, I think it was a struggle. Um, I think I was very lucky to be able to dance as long as I did. And the reason I got to dance as long as I did it was, was that people were making works that were appropriate for me later in my career, um, like, like James making the actress and things like that. I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't continue to do the classics anymore. Um, I, my body just could no longer, it didn't matter how hard I worked or how determined I was, my body just could not respond to doing those anymore. So I had to consciously um, make the choice when I would give them up. And I was very well supported. And I I try to remember how that felt. Um, Because Reed Anderson, you know, it was during his time as artistic director that I made up my mind that I thought I, and one of the one of the things that helped me make up my mind was Garth Drabinsky. I know you're not supposed to bring up that name now, but, <laughs> well. but you know what? In, in defense of him, he, he, he came to see one of my shows, and he, he said, you know, when you're ready to retire, I would really like to do a farewell tour for you. And, you know, I didn't even know he liked ballet, but um, that, and, and I was already struggling, you know, with when and how and, um, and I thought, wow, what an incredible opportunity. So about a year after that, um, I spoke to him again, and he was ready to, to do this this tour for me. And uh, so I went to Reed, and I, I told him I wanted to stop and, and that I, we were going to do this tour. And originally, I think it was going to be sort of a pickup group on a... And then, and then Reed said, no, no, it has to be with the National Ballet, because the National Ballet would not have been able to do that for me. They couldn't have afforded to do a farewell tour for me. You know, it, it just... So um, anyway, that's how that all came about. And Reed kept asking me for the next year, are you sure? Are you, are you sure? You know, he didn't... He never made me feel like, oh, thank God she's getting out of the way so all the younger ones can have more chances, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, that production uh, toured quite quite a bit. I mean... Well, we did... We, it was in two sections. Mm-hmm. We did... 
We did 12 performances in Toronto, and then we went to Montreal and Ottawa. That was the first section. Then, then it was time for a summer vacation, and then we went west. Right. So it's quite so substantial. So it, I, was, yeah. it was. It um, was. No, I was... I was incredibly lucky to have it, and it, it made it possible for me to have a new kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, did you know then that you were going to stay with the company? No, 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 I didn't know anything. You know, um, <laughs> young dancers today, they all have these um, plans, you know, they have their two-year... The transition year, plans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but they have their, what roles they expect to be dancing in, you know, in two years, and they have this... All, you know, the, like a business plan, you know, like we do in management. But as an artist, you know, I was so lucky that everything just kind of unfolded for me. When I look back now, I didn't know at the time, but um, it would just become clearer when, you know, when it was time. No, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any plans. It was James who said um, on my farewell tour, he said, well, maybe you'd like to come back as artist in residence because... I I had the only plan I had was that Yuri Killian had invited me to join NDT three because Martine Van Hamel talk about circles yes. <laughs> was leaving NDT three and he knew I was retiring and we had been friends for a hundred years and um, and I was very excited because I would hardly gotten to work with him at all you know and uh, so that was my transition year my transition year consisted of I finished in Winnipeg with the National Ballet of Canada. And then I did a film that Veronica uh, directed mm-hmm. um, that for the CBC, which is probably the last arts production that the CBC did. You know, mm-hmm. who knew, you know? Yeah. Um, and it got an International Emmy Award. Yes, it was fantastic. And then um, I went off to Europe and I spent eight months doing some tours with, with NDT3 and working with them and it was fantastic. And James said, when you're ready to come back, why don't you be artist-in-residence with us? Uh, which would mean I would have some, some freedom if there was anything else I wanted to do. Well, at the end of my time with, with NDT3, we, had this, we were at this huge gala in Vienna with the three companies all performing together. And um, I, had, I had hurt my ankle, and it was extremely painful and swollen, It wasn't on point or anything, and I was strapped up, and I remember saying to Yuri, do you think this will show I had, you know, flesh-colored? And he said, no, I think it's fine, and, you know, but I knew it was pretty pretty bad, whatever was wrong with my ankle, but I didn't really want to know because I wanted to do this performance. And after that, the performance, um, Ross and I, my husband, we went on vacation, and we went to Prague and everything, and I couldn't walk at all. And, of course, I had torn a ligament in my foot. And, and, I, and I thought, you know, I think, I think that God is telling me something. <laughs> Maybe this is the time to just finish this up, you know. I had, look, at, look at all I've had to do. And to finish in Vienna with, you know, in a big gala with Netherlands Dance Theatre 1, 2, and 3, you know, how great is that? And... <laughs> I think I'll I'll just go home now and and accept James's offer to be artist in residence and and then that was you know huge learning curve so I did a lot of fundraising for James for the company you know the productions he was trying to do um, and I didn't know how to do that and you know I just was I was just knocking on doors and talking to people and um, it it worked out in a number of instances and uh, and then he. He asked me to be artistic associate, and I spent eight years 
listening and learning in senior management meetings, planning all the, you know, how to, how to, all that goes on. And, you know, you think you know as a dancer, you think you know how it all works. And after all those years with the company, but you actually don't until you're sitting in those meetings. On the other side, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, it all, it all unfolded in, in a very kind of organic way for me from the time I found the ballet school or it was found for me through to present. And I was not even considering uh, artistic director. I, you know, and the truth is that when James was considering being artistic director, he asked me if I would like to do it with him. And I said, no. I'm, I, and at that point, I was still kind of dancing. And I didn't feel ready at all. And dancing, even the, the bit I was doing, took everything, everything for me. I, there was no way I was thinking about anything else. Yeah. This this may be impossible to answer, mm-hmm. but if if uh, those opportunities with the company hadn't come up, was there any other career that attracted you? As a as a young person, when I was struggling in the school and the times where I thought maybe I was too fat and I should stop, <laughs> <laughs> I would think about being a vet because ah, I loved animals course. so much. And the other thing that really interested me was history, and I I don't know where that would have you know, bled me, but um, I, I, those are the two things that I, were really pulling me, the only other things that pulled me. And and just, I think this is funny, James Kudelka now runs a bakery. Yes. So you, you could well, go and it's, help it's him not, there. It's not the only thing he does. He's but still Among his other talents. Yes. <laughs> but what about when you when you stopped being a dancer, if, if it hadn't been the National Ballet Associate Artist and then now Artistic Director, did you think ever, oh, now's my chance to go and learn how to sail or, or something like that? Or was it just... Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I thought I would like to coach and teach mm-hmm. a little bit. But I didn't have any other wild, you know, dreams about doing something. A whole other career. A whole other career. Mm-hmm. No. I talk about your dancing and of course here we are at the National Arts Centre we have to uh, look back a little bit on your relationship here our public adores you they adore you 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 walk into the lobby and they want to come talk to you I mean they've been watching you dance for many years the people who haven't yet who haven't had a chance to see you dance have an opportunity to see the films you've you've been on this stage a long time we have a relationship between the two organizations that goes back a long way we're um, about to celebrate our 40th anniversary which makes us young compared to the National Ballet of Canada I know but uh, I, I wonder if there's things that you particularly can say about the relationship of yourself as a dancer and the National Arts Centre, or of the company in the National Arts Centre. Well, as as we were talking about yesterday, um, for most of my career, we came to Ottawa two times a year. So there probably isn't anything in my repertoire that, in in my dancing repertoire, that I didn't dance here. And actually, you know, I talked about the Mirror Walkers as my first mm-hmm. break, and, and Peter Wright, who's going to come back to work on Giselle now, and he's in his 80s. That's amazing. Um, who gave me my first break, really, before Celia. It was it was uh, Sir Peter Wright. Um, he, I remember distinctly doing Mirror Walkers here in Ottawa. Um, and we were also doing Giselle with Lynn Seymour and Peter Martins, who now runs the New York City Ballet. And Peter Martins, who, of course... You know, I had such a crush on him, and he was so extraordinary. And he saw me do mirror walkers here, 
and it you know and came to my dressing room to find me and compliment me on it so you know I have memories like that mm-hmm. um, you know I also have the memories of the Governor General's Awards here and things like that and how special those are and how meaningful they are and uh, you know um, yeah it's, it's my whole career has been associated with and part of um, the NAC because it opened right at the beginning of my career. You know, Craner, that was the year I joined the company, so we've kind of been in tandem. <laughs> well, you know, you and I have um, have made a little um, pact, which I uh, <laughs> announced somewhat uh, publicly last night. Uh, um, I, I think the work that you're doing as Artistic Director of the National Ballet of Canada is absolutely fantastic. I think the company oh, is just you. looking so beautiful, and I I just love what you're doing. And, um, you know, we've had, as we said, a great commitment to the company. You're here every year. We'd like to have you come back to do the Nutcracker as well, if we can ever figure out the days in the calendar to do that. But, um, you know, you what I, what I also love about what you're doing is the courageous moves you make to commission new work, commission new Canadian work. Um, the pact we made was about making sure that our audience got to see the mixed rep programs, which are still more of a challenge to sell yeah. to the public yeah. and public out there listening to it. Come, take a chance, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> and as much as we absolutely adore bringing the Romeo and Juliets and the Onegans and the Sleeping Beauties, um, your commitment has to be applauded and the work has to be given an opportunity to breathe and live and be brought um, to Ottawa. I remember Monique Michaud, who uh, used to run the dance section at the Canada Council, coming up to me about a week after you had premiered Marie Chouinard's um, 24 Preludes of Chopin and saying, Kathy, why aren't you bringing Chouinard's work with the National Ballet? I was like, okay, I'll talk about it, I promise. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that, that mm-hmm. commitment you have to commissioning new work, uh, despite, you know, some pretty difficult odds. Well, you know, I just remember as an artist that from the beginning, Celia Franca was Sure, she was believed in all the classics, and we did them, and they challenged us, but she was always bringing in new work. And, you know, I got to work with all the great choreographers of the 20th century because, Mm -hmm. you know, they were brought in um, to work with with us. And uh, we did workshops, and, you know, she she supported the Ann Ditchburns and the James Kadalkas and, you know, all those people. Um, So it's not anything new I think it people forget that it's been the history of the National Ballet has been to uh, do those huge classical and then and then to keep keep the evolution going forward and supporting Canadians and in in infusing uh, international influences into the company so we're, we're not just so isolated and um, I just feel like I'm continuing to do that and you know Eric did it um, Alexander Grant brought in more of the British influence, but we got to do those wonderful female gardes and, you know, all this. So my whole career has been, um, I've had zillions of influences. And, and, you know, you mentioned earlier that I stayed with this company. And I only stayed with the National Ballet of Canada because it gave me everything I needed. It also gave me the freedom to guest as That's much right. as I wanted, and and I got to experience the world. And I try to remember that when my young dancers all want to spread their wings and they have these opportunities, and I need them at home, and I try to remember what it meant for me to do that. But I don't think I'm, 
I mean, I'm happy to take credit, and I really love that people are enjoying the contemporary work because it, 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 it's been uh, pretty frightening for me to do some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a, there is um, a public that um, are really uh, seeing what, what this company is capable of doing and loving the whole, the whole range of it. And uh, for the artists themselves, um, you know, some of them that don't shine at all in classical work come to life in a way in the contemporary that you go, wow, you know? And so if I have these artists, I, I want to be able to showcase them all in different ways. And um, yeah. I remember seeing, um, you're going to have to remind me, is it Sarah Green's doing the foresight that you brought in? Oh, yeah. Step text. Yes. yes. What was yeah. her? A small dancer. Yes, yes. Gorgeous. Knocked me out. And I had that experience. I don't really remember heard necessarily from the big classical roles but that piece just yeah really i can still feel that that yeah. sense again yeah. you know? and if you you know what the things that um crystal pite brought out of certain people and and um and sabrina matthews that you might not have noticed because they're in the core and they're young and whatever mm-hmm. you know just anyway I think it's been part of the history of the National Ballet of Canada to do this. So, um, and I I guess, you know, I remember seeing Mary Chouinard's 24 Preludes and and other works, and I didn't necessarily think all of her work would be appropriate for the National Ballet, but I noticed that she uses very refined, elegant, trained dancers. Uh, They don't look like pedestrians. They look like trained um, refined, thoroughbred kind of dancers. And I thought, I think that would transfer. Um, of course, I'll never forget the day that um, our wardrobe mistress was asked to give a presentation to our board, and she chose to dem- show the costumes to the board that the, that the dancers were going to wear for 24 years. <laughs> black masking tape? <laughs> yeah, it was totally see-through with a few strips of black masking yeah. tape. And I... I I just remember watching all their faces. <laughs> what is she doing to this company? Anyway, it was, Not it really was a, a big tutu, hit. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, no, but thank you. Um, I'm getting braver because people are, you know, liking. that. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there are a number of people who decided they didn't want to see the innovation program. They weren't even going to risk it. And instead, they exchanged their tickets into Giselle. So I... But as long as I give um, my core supporters um, some choice, and if they prefer to stick with the the older works, which I also love, that's fine, you know. But but uh, you mentioned that you had that chance to go away, and when you went mm-hmm. away and guested with you mentioned Roland Petit, uh, later Killian. Well, and Rudolph took me everywhere, Vienna and Australia and everywhere. But in those in him. in those um, opportunities, you also got to do some very different roles yes. uh, than what you were doing. So yes. yeah. yeah, so, so it, it fed me as an artist, and and the people that Celia brought in to work with us, or or Reed brought in to work with us. I mean, Reed brought Forsyth in, mm-hmm. and I mean, the Toronto public wasn't really ready for Forsyth. Maybe you were, Kathy. <laughs> Yes, I was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and Second Detail was created on us, and it's now done Incredible. all over the world. Oh, but, yeah. uh, you know, the response at first was a little stunned by Second mm-hmm. Detail, you know, which which I love. Um, anyway, it's um, I, it's been very gratifying, actually, to feel that the public is, is really enjoying it. Um, the Seagull 
people really just responded to that so beautifully and it's so moving and it's so different from any other full-length ballet that we have and so yeah um w the only thing is of course the cost of these things and as long as i can keep the um keep finding money to do these things i will do them both for the public and for the artists you know if the young dancers have been trained exclusively in classical technique do they really welcome the the chance to do something more contemporary do they feel it's a great new challenge. Most of, well, the training today does only, um, doesn't only teach classical dance. I mean, if you go to the National Ballet School, they have Peggy Baker teaching them. They have, um, you cannot, you would, you would do young people a disservice if you only taught them classical ballet in this day and age because none of the major companies in the world only do classical ballets. Even the Russians, although I think they are more resistant than any, but, you know. Um, so my dancers excel at both, and I don't think that they can get into the National Ballet of Canada without excelling at both now, and without having the kind of attitude and open mind and willingness and desire and curiosity to be able to do both. Um, and those are, those are the hardest dancers to find because it's easier just to um, specialize. It's easier on your body it's easier on your psyche, you know, you know what you're good at and you, you stick to it. Um, whereas the dancers in, in the Royal Ballet, in the Paris Opera Ballet, in the San Francisco Ballet, in the National Ballet of Canada, they have to do it all. Karen, you've been so gracious and, and generous with us. I, I can't let you leave though without asking one, one other question and that is, do you have a favorite role that you danced? Mm. Can you choose just one? That's a really hard question, and people always want to know that. But I always chose to love everything I was doing while I was doing it. And, and that would even apply to music, because sometimes you'd go to your first rehearsals of a new work, and the music was like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> awful. And after a week, I would be loving that music, and I would be hearing all sorts of things in it that I didn't hear when I first, you know. So... But I think, honestly, when I look back, um, I always loved to um, use my imagination. So the dramatic roles were the ones that I felt most at home, most comfortable. Even though I had lots of success with Sleeping Beauty and those, they were, they were more difficult. Um, the ones Juliet, uh, Manon, Onegin, um, all of those roles that were about real women and were not so technically demanding that they were terrifying. They were demanding, but not, not the way beauty was. Um, I was just, those were the biggest pleasure to do, I think. Well, you know, our audiences are so honored to have you uh, with us. You just got to keep coming back every year and uh, bring the work, the contemporary work, the classical work. And I hope that uh, the National Ballet and the National Arts Centre have at least another 40 years of uh, performing <laughs> and presenting together because we do love you to feel that this is your home away from home. Thank you, Kathy. I hope we both have another 40 years to Me too. <laughs> <laughs> be observing anyway. <laughs> and one day we'll name a Karen Kane School of Dance here in, uh, here in Ottawa, which would be wonderful. You have been listening to the NAC Dance Podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nacpodcasts.ca. 
There you'll find our past episodes, subscription links, and easy instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily subscribe to this audio program series in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Just search on NAC Dance. So until next time, this is Gerald Morris with the National Arts Centre in Ottawa. Thanks for listening.